You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to our Tomorrow Ready virtual event series for 2021. My name is Juliette Foster. I'm a broadcaster, journalist and also your host for today's event, Managing Cash for Growth. It is a big subject, which is why we have an excellent lineup of speakers who will be on hand to provide valuable insights and discussions that will help you and bring our programme to life. I'm going to introduce our speakers and I'll sit back so that they can then give us a quick background on their roles and experience. And they really are an excellent lineup of speakers. We always deliver. So, okay, let's meet the first of them. We have with us Nadia Hossein Mahmoud. Now, she's a chartered accountant and founder of VCCA. So, Nadia, it's very good to see you. Tell us a bit about yourself. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, everybody. I wanted to introduce myself again. I'm a business owner and then a chartered accountant just in that order. So I have a really keen interest to talk about cash flow today with you and your audience. Okay, we're looking forward to hearing that. So thank you so much, Nadia. Next up, we're joined by Peter Charles. Now, Peter is the finance director from Pi Skincare. So, Peter, it's good to see you. If you could do the honours and introduce yourself. Tell us a bit more about you. First of all, I'm really loving working with Pi Skincare. It's a fast-growing manufacturing business which produces all its own products in a, in a, in a lovely space for people. Prior to joining Pi three years ago, I've worked in a variety of different companies, ranging from sort of one million in turnover as it happens to a billion in turnover. And then before that, um, I spent 10 happy years working in what I would have called Guinness, but Diageo getting a great training in all sorts of different aspects of business. Uh, And it was there that I finally um, completed my exams to become a member of the uh, Chartered Institute of Managers Accountants. So I too am an accountant. Okay, then we'll look. Thank you so much for that, Peter. And then, of course, finally, last but not least, we have Claire Castelli. Now, Claire, I'm taking a deep breath here because this is a really long job title. Sector Head Retail and Leisure, Global Liquidity Cash Management, from HSBC. Claire, tell everybody what you do whilst I catch my breath. <laughs> Good morning and thank you for having me here today. It's, it's great to see everybody. And um, So yeah, I head up the retail and leisure sector for cash management at HSBC UK. So I support our sales consultants and regional heads and relationship directors looking after our, our customers who work in the retail and leisure space. So that will involve supporting them with their cash management needs, I've been in role there for three years, but previously I was group treasurer at Halfords um, and I was there for six years. So I have an industry background. I have over 20 years experience in corporate treasury. Um, I'm not an accountant, but I am AMCT qualified. If it's any consolation, I'm not an accountant either. But look, it's great to see all of you. So thank you so much for making the time to be here because I know that you're all very, very busy people. So we appreciate your time. Now, listen, someone's got to kick things off first. And Nadia, you'll be delighted to know that it's you. So look, if cash flow management, robust cash flow management is a recipe, what are the key ingredients to make it a success? It is really important for management, for business owners to understand how cash flows into their business. And what I mean by that is the cash cycle, what 
How, what are the ways that cash flows in and out? And you need to start with that understanding first. The second thing I would say is then you need to put cash at the center of your business strategy. A lot of the times you'll see management making decisions without necessarily thinking of the cash implication immediately. And what I mean by that is going and having a sales pitch and talking about pricing and the amazing service you're going to deliver, but not actually say when you want to be paid, which is super important for your cash flow. Um, I would also say you probably want to use um, you probably want to use tech as much as you can. So gone are the days, you know, when you need paper and quill and try to restart everything. So what you can do is use the tech instead and look at your prior years, how you were doing business last year, and use that as a starting point for your cash flow management for next year. And the last thing I would say is be realistic. Uh, what I tend to see when I work with my clients is they tend to be super optimistic when it comes to cash. So if they were in business last year and they know that the clients on average maybe took five to six weeks to pay them, when they start working on the cash flow management, they become very optimistic all of a sudden and everybody's going to be paying wide bang on time, which is not really the case. So I would say that is probably one of the most important things, actually, be super realistic when you're working on your cash flow management. Right, the way you put it, it sounds incredibly simple, but clearly it isn't because, Claire, I'm sure that when you're working with clients, you probably hold your head in despair because you see some of the big mistakes, classic big mistakes that growing businesses make when it comes to managing their cash. Spill the beans. What are those big mistakes? I think the first one, as Nadia said, is not understanding exactly how money comes out of your business and making sure you've got control of that way you can. Particularly in a growth phase, there's typically a lot of working capital investment that needs to be done up front to, to make sure you've got stock or, or whatever it is that you're doing to support the growth of that business. Um, and you need to make sure that you're managing your cash to be able to fund that growth that you want to achieve. Just picking up on what Nadia said around tech, I would say um, one of the best things about working with smaller businesses and, and new businesses is they're able to embrace that tech straight away. Um, and it's a real pleasure talking to people about digital um, and how that can improve efficiencies and support you with your cash flow forecasting. Okay, then. Uh, Peter, let me bring you into the conversation because I, I noticed your response when you, when you heard um, that both Nadia and, and Claire talking about uh, the, the experiences, the positives and the negatives. But in terms of the pandemic, for a number of businesses, it really has harmed the cash flow. But what did it do to your cash flow and how did you manage that? Because it was the worst kind of curveball that I think that many of us had to deal with. It, it was very difficult, particularly early on in, in lockdown. We, we, we literally had no idea what was going on. So uh, uh, Nadia's advice, look back at what's happened in past years, is, is excellent advice. Uh, and I would always, I would always follow that. Um, but of course, what we, what we came to was a period where the past was no longer a guide to the future. Um, so what we decided to do, and, and by the way, we we already had a a cash flow forecast which we refreshed weekly, uh, was presented to the management team uh, on a weekly basis. So we kind of almost had a cash first approach uh, to seeking to grow the business. We decided to panic hard and panic early. Um, so we went into cash protection measures, and so we just very very gently, without making any fuss. We timed the timing of our shipments to our customers just so that the shipment would go out just the day after they should have paid their last bill 
uh, and based not on the what's on the terms and conditions, but based on our expectation of their normal behaviour. So that's one thing that we did. Uh, we worked with our suppliers as well, talking to the largest suppliers and uh, seeking to push them out to, to, to 60 days. And of course, that kicks through the economy. So we understand that's not good for everybody, but that's one of the things we did. Uh, we had a small number of staff on furlough and we implemented a four-day week because we thought if we do everything now and protect the business very quickly, then we might be able to uh, lock down. Those measures actually only lasted for six, eight weeks um, because, of course, we're in uh, skincare and everybody's suddenly on Zoom and everybody suddenly cared uh, what their faces looked like. And so some of our excellent skincare products then uh, suddenly started to lift, particularly in direct-to-consumer. Well, I was just going to say that's that's very typical of what we saw across across the bank. So pretty much all of our customers went into cash protection mode. And it was all about how do I get access to any available funds that I've got? How can I make sure that customers are still paying me on time? And what big projects and, and capital expenditure can I postpone or delay or, or even cancel altogether until we've got some certainty of how long this is going to last and, and what the impact is going to be? Yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. And, and it, it's interesting as well, the Zoom effect, Peter, that it, it was, was actually a boost to business because people are suddenly very conscious of their appearance, which, you know, we joke about. But the fact is, is that, you know, business, it, it is that face to face and people will judge you on your appearance. So well done there. I think you need to talk to the boss of Zoom and give him a big thank you. But, but Nadia, the other thing as well, which, which, which Peter mentioned there, was forecasting. And, you know, we talk a lot about forecasting, but why is it so important when you're growing a business that you, you have these forecasts that you look ahead? Okay, I'm going to say as entrepreneurs and business owners, we always have this abundance mindset. You know, there's plenty of money to go around everywhere. The reality is there is probably limited money in your business. If you, if you ignore any kind of external funding, if you just look at what your business has today, money is a scarce resource. And you need to understand where you have to apply it to get the best return for your business. So in terms of um, just to add on to what uh, Peter was saying, I would say you have this forecast to understand where your money is going to be spent, firstly, and where there are the gaps. So as we were talking about, you know, giving credit to your customers, receiving credit from your suppliers, you might have areas, I might have a couple of, you know, weeks where you see actually we're in negative cash flow, which means that the business doesn't have enough cash to sustain itself all on its own. This is when you will go and seek out external funding. But without going through that process, you just do not know, do you? Of, of course, of course. And, and Claire, coming to the conversation, because look, what Nadia said, particularly important when businesses are moving from survival to growth mode. Give us a sense of the key challenges with their cash flow that they typically face, because nobody wants to stay in survival mode forever. You want to take your business to the next level. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's going back to what Nadia was saying earlier about people get very enthusiastic and, and positive when they're looking at growth forecasts and, and how that's going to work. So it's coming back to the new is vanity and profit is vanity, but cash is absolutely king. I would go a step further and say be prudent rather than just realistic. Always look on the, the worst case scenario to make sure that you haven't got any funding gaps in your cash flow forecast. The biggest challenge is the, the unknown unknowns. So the worst thing in cash flow forecasting is surprises. So you should know everything that's going on in the business. And obviously, the bigger the business grows, the harder it is to retain that control and, and understanding of exactly what's going to impact your cash flow at any point in time. 
So it's making sure you're building those key relationships um, within the business to, to maintain that knowledge sharing and, and make sure you can keep doing accurate forecasts. Now, and let's stay with that, Peter, because look, there's always striking that balance, isn't there, between keeping a healthy cash flow whilst you're trying to explore your growth opportunities, because you can grow, yes, but obviously you need that cash flow to sustain it, and there's a real danger that you could end up, if not completely depleting it, certainly getting close to that. I think it's, it's, it's always a delicate balance, and particularly with... Uh, founder-led businesses from the finance side not trying trying not to squash that enthusiasm trying not to prevent the magic but also trying to have a realistic view of what it's going to look like in, in terms of cash so I have to confess that for cash flow forecasting we don't use the sales forecast that comes from the rest of the business um, we take a very prudent view on the cash flow forecasting so that we can always have upside if it, if it works out better than expected try not to i personally i try not to get in the way of the enthusiasm the energy of the founders so my job is just to make sure there's enough cash for them to do their magic really at the same time as that when there is a big decision coming up that forecast becomes really vital because i can say well look we do need to do that a different way. Do what you need to do, but let's do it a different way. Maybe we're going to talk to the bank and we found actually, lucky old us, we, we, were, we were close with the bank and they were able to provide funding for what we needed to do. Post lockdown, when it was clear that actually it was going to be okay for us because of the um, direct-to-consumer e-com effect. But because we knew where we were going, we were able to talk to people and we definitely altered some of our plans to take some of the optimism out as we carried ourselves through the rest of the year when lockdown went on much longer than we were expecting. Hmm. It's, it's really interesting what you described there, Peter, about not curbing the enthusiasm of the founders so that they, they, they feel undermined in any way. You've got to make, let the magic happen and finding these compromises where everybody can actually feel satisfied that they're on the same path to achieving that, that, that result. And Nadia, I want you to come in on this because look, again, the idea of the balancing act, how can businesses best ensure that the growth strategies are not going to compromise the effective cash flow management? In an ideal world, we'd all love to have a Peter on our board, but we don't have him. He hasn't cloned himself yet. I think the well, one of the issues is that when we talk about growth, we talk about profit. And when we talk about profit, we go up to sales. So there's a lot of discussion which is happening about business strategy, but we're not really talking about cash. So I think this is when you want to sort of give a bit of a reality check to the founders. While you know you might be making good, profitable decision, but is it a good cash decision? The problem with business is sometimes you can run a business without profit, unprofitably, for as long as you can, as long as you've got cash coming in, right? However, the one thing that will kill your business is the lack of cash. So it is really important for founders, especially, to understand that distinction between profit and cash. Yeah, and it's an interesting point because if you get it right, that difference, there are benefits and there are opportunities. So what are the benefits and what are the opportunities? It's the key to the door, isn't it? Exactly. So really, cash gives you opportunities. Um, so any business is here for wealth maximization. And ultimately, a business exists to increase the wealth of the founders, of the business owners, of the shareholders. This is why business exists. And understanding how cash flows and understanding your cash flow forecast and being able to have your growth follow those cash flow forecasts that you have means that you've got opportunities to maximize the growth of your wealth, to maximize the growth of the wealth of the shareholders, thereby meeting your, your business objectives.
So, so given that, Peter, is there anything that you're doing differently at Pi in terms of managing and forecasting cash flow as the economy opens up? There's probably two big lessons that come out that relate to the growth that, that we have now. One is the power of PR. Uh, so because we formulate our own products, we were able to formulate a, a, a one of our own products. We were able to formulate a hand sanitizer just at the moment when everybody needed one. Uh, and that created lots of positive PR. Uh, in fact, we even had a spot on Sky News at one point. Um, so and that's a if you get your if you get your public relations right or you get your communications right then it can be a very cost effective way of letting people know about your products so, so one of the things that we're now doing is so that was a, a good result the other thing uh, that we're now doing is we're finding that to some extent instead of doing promotions and discounts we're now launching new products because the experience of lockdown forced us very very quickly to produce a new uh, formulation and a new product and so we discovered a new skill that the company can actually produce products much more quickly. Uh, and so we're using new products to create uh, excitement in the market because we need to produce them anyway. And unlike promotions, you don't need to repeat them. And, uh, and then to the extent that we put them out in our own e-com, um, they generate cash immediately. So that's probably the biggest change that we've made in the way that we operate. Okay, and some interesting points follow on from that, Claire, because I guess that the, well, the question to you is, what are the particular tools? Are there specific tools or solutions that, that can actually better help support that cash flow management? Because clearly Peter has found the secret there. It's working, mm -hmm. that magic. There are, there are. There are lots of tools out there in the market that can support with cash flow forecasting and, and obviously HSBC have a number that they can support you with. Um, however, the vast majority of people that I speak to still use Excel spreadsheets and a very simple Excel spreadsheet um, can provide what you need, but it's got limitations. So it, it just depends how far right you want to go, how technical you want to be, how detailed you want to be. Yeah. And, and Peter, you wanted to add to that. Yeah. I was just going to support the point about using Excel spreadsheets because three years ago, when I produced the first cash flow forecast for Pi, I didn't know the business. Uh, and so by using an Excel spreadsheet, you can learn as you go and you can start very, very simple. Uh, and then every time you learn something, it goes into the formulas in the spreadsheet. And those are still there when you come back and learn a new thing. And so your knowledge and the sophistication can build slowly over time. So anyone out there who's listening and thinking, oh, maybe I need to do this. Um, just echoing what Claire says, I think, is start simple, uh, but do start. Yeah, absolutely. Cash flow forecasting is, is to make sure that you're actually reconciling that to what's actually happened in the bank and learning from that. Because um, the forecast is only information to put in. If you don't look back and see why your forecast was out, you're just going to make the same assumptions next time you build a cash flow forecast and you'll have the same challenges. Yeah, and I know it's something which you feel very, very strongly about as well, Nadia, when we've spoken about it, that really businesses shouldn't be afraid of using that technology. I, I do remember in our conversation, you talked about abandoning quills, and I'm loyal to my quills, so they're not going. <laughs> I think a lot of business owners and founders and management, the issue that they have is they think, oh, it needs to be a perfect cash flow forecast. And in trying to get a 
perfect cash report girls, they might start and then just give up because they can't reach that perfection. And just adding on to what Peter and Claire say, said, just start, start with something. It might not be perfect, but start with something, have something to work with. It will not be perfect the first time and it will probably never get perfect, but it will give you a starting point. And as Claire said, then learn from it when you meet or do not meet the same figures as you see on a cash flow forecast, this gives you an opportunity to learn. If you get it right, then great. Then it means you have a hundred percent understanding of how cash flow works in your business. In reality, probably it's not going to be perfect. In 20 years of working in corporate treasury, I've never had a hundred percent accurate cash flow forecast. It's just not possible. <laughs> it doesn't need to be perfect, but you need to get started. And um, I mean, there are days tech out there. There are tools to use, apps and, and things like that, that makes cash flow forecasting easy in a way because it helps you, does it for you, but it can be a bit overwhelming for somebody who's never done it to go and start using the tech. So yes, start with a spreadsheet. If you're not doing anything at all, you might as well start with a spreadsheet and have something to work with. And it's never too late to start either, no matter where your business is and its evolution. But look, guys, thank you so much for your input. It really has been fantastic. And also for tackling these questions. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.